Hey friends, thank you for pressing play and tuning into Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson, and you're invited to join me every week for transparent storytelling about life, love, and business. Get ready to laugh, to feel inspired, and challenged to get out of your comfort zone. We are all adjusting to this world of perfection experts doing it for the gram, when in real life, we're just out here trying to figure out what to do and how to do it. Hang on to our adult relationships, find the balance between side hustle and nine to five, and adjust to our new identities in marriage and parenthood. Each episode, I will help you see the growth and possibility in what's next. Are you in position for the next transition? Let's get into the show. Transition with Tia Davidson. I am your host, and today I have my friend Latia Taylor, or shall I say, Dr. Latia Taylor, joining me, who just graduated from med school and will be moving to Chicago to start her residency as an OBGYN. It's been a long time coming, sis. Please tell the people who you are as a woman in transition. Hello, hello. So I am Latia Taylor, now Dr. Latia Taylor, and I am a woman in transition because I've experienced how to get from your no to your yes. I'm a believer, I'm a foodie, I'm a lover of traveling, and I'm your nicest friend. And as Tia has already mentioned, I will be going to Chicago to be a resident physician, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you, girl. This is so big. I literally just got your invitation in the mail and I was like, look at her, look at her. Look at this girl. I'm so proud of you. I know this has been a journey for you and I'm so glad to see you win, girl. And finally, you know, at your yes. (laughs) For the people who are wondering how me and Latia met, it's a funny story. Maybe not so funny, but it's a very interesting story because I'm from Memphis, you're from Jackson, Mississippi, and we met in New Hampshire. (laughs) Out of all places. (laughs) Out of all places, we met at prep school, this prep school we went to called Phillips Exeter Academy, and we lived in the same dorm. And it wasn't a lot of us there. Yeah. So, of course of us that were there, we had to band together and get together and we end up meeting. I can't even remember, I don't know if it was like we, I know every night we kind of like had to meet in the main room. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, how did we like legit meet and talk and just be like, cause we weren't roommates. We weren't roommates. I think because we had common interests, you know, we like fashion. Yes. We would talk about school and guys. I think we just immediately hit it off because we just had a lot in common. Yes. We were all beautiful black women. Even yes. And your name was so, Tia. Right. So <laughs> it, it was like, it was just meant to be. It was meant to be. Yes, it was definitely meant to be. And that was like the summer of 2006. Yes, 2006. A long time ago. Yes, because we were class of 2006. And, you know, we went our separate ways. You went back to Jackson. I went to Memphis. But somehow, 
we've been able to stay connected. You know, you went to college. I went to college in Tennessee. You went to college at Tougaloo, AKA you are Miss Tougaloo. (laughs) (laughs) It was your former title. And here we are. And I know when we were in prep school, you were interested in photography because I remember you asking me to be your model. And that's what the surprise I have because I still have the picture. (laughs) You were my muse because you wanted to be America's Next Top Model. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Are you still interested in in photography? Probably like my hidden passion. Oh. I have a, you know, I have a professional camera and I still take photos, you know, when I can and try to get some shots in. I don't have that much time, you know, because I've been in medical school. Of course. I definitely still have a little, you know, interest there for it. So it hasn't gone away all the way. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So um, speaking of the medical field, so did you always know you wanted to go into the medical field? How did that come about? Um... I kind of did. Uh, it started out when I was a very young girl, around maybe seven or eight, and I used to always watch this show that was on the Learning Channel, um, known as TLC. I mean, it was a show called A Baby Story, huh. and for some reason, that show just completely um, captivated my attention, like a woman's abilities to be able to bring life into this world and have a baby even at that age which is something that really captivated my attention and from that point on when I found out that an OBGYN is the one who actually is the one bringing life into this world I said I want to be an OBGYN I want to be a doctor oh my god so throughout grade school I pretty much no, that was always my goal. Um, I always got good grades. I always wanted to do well. So I got good grades and I would study. Um, and my parents really did cultivate their interest um, by buying me stethoscopes. Um, I still have like a little skeleton here in my apartment that my dad bought me when I was young. He's like, you can learn the bones of the body. And so things like that um, really helped me believe that I could be a doctor. And I really appreciate my parents for pouring into me and paying attention to that interest that I had. Um, but I had some bumps in the road um, along the way, but that was kind of like the initial moment that set the path for me wanting to go into this field. But even though, like, just being that young, and you know, because I used to think I wanted to be a doctor when I was little, but, but here you are doing it, because I feel <laughs> like, you know, especially as w- women of color or people of color, like our parents definitely made an effort to encourage us to go into the medical field or into law and and let us know that we could do those things because I believe like as we grew up I mean I don't know about you but it it I didn't see a lot of people of color Mm -hmm. in the medical field my you know my doctor was black but I think my that's because my mama made a conscious effort to find one (laughs) so that I could see that with me but outside of that I I didn't see many white coats or doctors right like at all um so I don't even I can't say that I even had um like a one person that you know was my like yeah like I want to be like that person it was just um I just knew I want that's what I wanted to be and I feel like it was a host of people throughout the years who pushed me who encouraged me like my teachers um and other educators throughout this journey that pushed me and, and, and helped me to believe like, you know, that I can achieve whatever it is that I wanted to do. So I think it was a collective effort with all of those people like backing me 
not just like one person per se. Right. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, we're friends. Like I said, we've kept in touch over the years. You've really been, you know, into studying. But how have you been able to stay connected to friends as an adult today? I make I make time for it. Um, it's important to me to keep my friends close. I know people say keep your enemies close. Keep your, keep your friends close. Keep your enemies close. I like to keep my friends close and my friend friends closer. <laughs> so I um, I make time to check in. I mean, I don't have to talk to them every day. But, you know, from afar, like, I know, like, if I ever needed anything or, you know, whatever it is, like, big going on in my life, like, they're, like, one of the first ones to know, like, with you and I, you know, we don't have to talk on the phone every day, but, like, every big moment in my life, like, you've been there, I've been there for you, and so, as you get older, you um, learn the people who are really genuine on this journey, and I can say that God has really put, you know, the specific people in my life to help support me. And I'm very grateful and thankful for it. So I just make the time, like, you know, just to check in here or there. And, you know, we have a conversation and that's kind of pretty much how I do it. I'm not really a big social media person. So I'm not really like on Facebook or Instagram, like lurking all the time to keep right. up. It's just, you know, a simple phone call, a simple text. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how, you know, I've I've kept in contact with my really close friends. Keeping it simple because, like, (laughs) yeah, you know, because people forget about that, you know, picking up the phone and actually calling or texting someone. Most people are lurking on social media (laughs) and, you know, keeping up with their friends and their families. You know, that (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Okay. But the thing about, the thing about doing that is you really don't know what some what someone is really going through because everybody doesn't post you know everything on social media they'll post their wins but not necessarily their losses or anything like that and they definitely not posting anybody they're dating on social media until you know possibly married oh you can wait until i'm i'm a pop and you're like dang she married i'm like yeah yes <laughs> Speaking of, are you dating? I know that you're single. What does dating and prepping for med school and trying to, you know, grind, you know, do that grind? What does that even look like? Is that even a thing? It is a thing. um, But at the end of the day, whether you're in med school or any profession, career, wherever you are in life, you make time for what you want. Like you make time for the things that are important for you. Um, For me, I personally had to put a pause on dating when I was trying to get into medical school um, because my biggest challenge for getting into medical school was passing. Um, it's called the Medical College Admissions Test, which is known as the MCAT, and mm-hmm. I had to take it four times. And um, it's not like you have to; it's not a passing score. It's just it's kind of like the ACT, like you know, the higher your score is, you know, the likelihood of you going, you know, getting accepted. That's kind of how the score is. And so my scores just really weren't that competitive. And so the last time that I took the test, I fasted and prayed. I just completely did a completely different approach to studying. And one of the things that I did was I did sacrifice not dating during that time. Mm-hmm. And I know some people, they can, you know, still have a cake and eat it too and do well and thrive. I'm just not one of those people. And at that time, I felt like what I needed to do to succeed was to completely have a tunnel vision and to stay completely focused during that time. 
So I did not date during that time. But when I got into medical school, you know, now I'm over the hurdle. Exactly. I did date. Um, and it's hard. And it, and it takes someone who understands, like, the hours. Like, it's a lot of hours studying. So, like, I can't constantly be checking in all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've dated a couple of guys. I am I'm currently dating someone now. Now we're getting to know each other. Um, yes. We'll see how this transition to Chicago goes. Yeah. But um, I, I'm just one of those people where, you know, I believe on purpose to be a wife. And so when it's supposed to happen, it'll happen. Um, so I haven't been, like, just too worried about, like, oh, like, making sure I'm dating somebody. Like, if I'm dating somebody, okay. And if I'm not, like, I'm completely content with that. And that's usually when they come. When you ain't studying and you ain't worried about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they come and just change your whole life, girl. They change your whole life. I know you're gonna be the best wife, okay? I just can't wait to see it because ever since I've known you, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're such a good woman. And I love just hearing you say, you know, constantly, like you make time for what you want, you know, whether that be a relationship or a friendship and things like that, because that is so true. And I just feel like medical school and, you know, going into the industry is so hard. It's just like, as an outsider looking in, it just seems like you just have to give up so much, you know, you have to sacrifice so much. (laughs) Yeah. But the fact that you, it's like, you sound like you're pretty balanced. You've been pretty balanced thus far. What type of person do you think a person has to be to pursue a career in the medical field? Um, you definitely have to be someone who self who is very self motivated. Um, you're not going to really have someone always just rooting you on. Like it's great to have those people rooting you, but you have to have your own reasons for why. Like why am I doing this? And I've constantly revisited that question throughout this journey. Still continue to revisit it, and whatever that source is, use that as your motivation um you have to be able to believe in yourself I think that kind of goes hand in hand believing that you can truly do whatever you know the feat is whether it is medical school or not and you you have to have discipline you know it it is hard you do have to make some tough decisions and sacrifices I've missed family events and family reunions and mm-hmm. birthdays you know but that's just a, a temporary, I don't even want to say loss, but just a sacrifice. And, you know, and with due time, you'll be able to make up and, you know, share all of those things at that time. So it really takes being self, self-motivated, believing in yourself, you know, being disciplined. And I would lastly say, saying a whole lot of prayers. Yes, prayers. <laughs> a whole lot of prayers. And that's not what matters. That's with anything in life, I would say. For sure. Truly believing in the power of prayer because I know from personal experience that prayer definitely was the, the, the main foundation that has gotten me to where I am. I believe that. Speaking <laughs> of, like, did you, did you ever doubt your dream? And if so, is prayer how you pulled yourself out yes. of doubt? Yes. I mean... People always say I'm very strong, but I have cried so much on this journey. Like, people just don't know. Yeah. Um, And 
And I did. I, I doubted myself a lot. Um, especially when someone like me who, like I told you, I threw out grade school, like I've always kind of been the achiever. Like I always got like the top honors. I was a top student, you know, I was mm-hmm. in national honors, like all of those accolades. Like I was always that student. Um, but then you're hit with, okay, it's time for me to finally like reach the pinnacle of like the goal I set. And then you get no. And you get no again, and you get no again. And I got 17 no's before I got to my one yes. So just imagine like in that time span of those no's, like just the mental, the physical, like toll, the emotional toll that that, you know, took on me. And prayer was the, was the key to, to getting me through those situations. Um, and then on top of that, life was happening. Um, the guy who I dated throughout college, who I, you know, I love, you know, passed away during this time. So there was a lot of things going on that was thrown at me to really test, like, are you really believing that this will happen? And so I doubted myself several times, several mm-hmm. times, but I just believed in my heart. Like, just, I just believed that, Latia, you are a doctor. And I would write affirmations. I had scriptures to support and you know of course a lot of people praying for me during that time but it took me really believing in myself and that's what helped me to get through like I I I just I was not taking no for an answer yes would you say you had a very strong support system through all of this and how did they help you stay motivated um Yes, I did. My family has always been very supportive. Um, my church family, uh, I would like it's a prayer group there, and they I was like the faithful one there, the youngest and the most faithful there. And so, um, my church family for sure always encouraged and prayed for me. Would just send me cards and little happies, you know, hook me after church, or just send a text. My pastor, you know, just saying I'm praying for you, and those things like that really helped me too. Um, during those hard times when I felt like giving up or when I, you know, taking these practice tests and like just not getting the scores, not seeing, like just not seeing it in the immediate, like right now, but having to really believe it, that it was going to happen. And, you know, friends like you, you know, you all always would, you know, just kind of support me. But I also had people that was like, you know, no, maybe you should consider you know, being this or being that, or, you know, you always can do something else. So everybody wasn't praising me the whole time, but it definitely was helpful knowing like the people who were genuinely like in my corner and supported me, like it it, it did help me during that time. Oh my gosh. So, So taking the test and, you know, being told no those 17 times, what did you learn about yourself in that moment? didn't know I could be that strong (laughs) I have you know a lot of people tell me like let's see they just couldn't be me like after the first no I'll be like all right juices like we're gonna charge this to the game (laughs) yes but um I I I really learned that God has truly given me a a strength that I didn't even know I was capable of even attaining Mm -hmm. um and I see now that I've gone through medical school how I needed to have that type of backbone when I got into medical school. So I needed to go through those challenges before medical school because medical school definitely had it, its own set of challenges. Mm. Um, 
and for me like my faith immensely grew through that time and I felt like you know I wouldn't be where I am now and truly knowing the true power of God and and knowing like his word truly is true and there is power in prayer like you hear all these things people hooting and hollering like until you have experienced it for yourself you don't really know like if this stuff is really true yeah and so I I believe that I became a better woman of God, um, a, a better person, a, a better friend, a better servant. And it, it definitely humbled me because I'm not anyone special. Like I'm just a person who prayed my way through and, you know, just use what God gave me to get where, you know, he wanted me to be anyway. And so um, there's definitely a humility in it that um, I'm humbled by. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really grateful for 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 that struggle and because there'll be more to come <laughs> of course this is not the last thing <laughs> yes, yes, yes. so how did you feel when you finally got the yes tell us where you were where you were <laughs> I'm like I can't even talk <laughs> and what emotion you felt and what you did after I literally am visioning it right now. Like, and I can literally, I can almost touch it. Like, I remember exactly where I was. At the time, I was working um, in a research lab. So I was sitting at my computer and I was working at the the school where I'm in medical school, which is the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Um, And I was in my lab. It was like early one morning, like around like nine, 10 o'clock. And in walks, the dean of the, the admissions dean of the medical school. And there's some ladies behind him and he has this red, I remember it was a red folder in his hand. So I'm like, you know, what's going on? And he handed it to me and all I saw was, you know, congratulations. It was my, you know, congratulations later letter that I had gotten accepted. And I immediately hollered. I like I literally hollered. They could hear me down the hall. Oh and I just gave them big hugs tears of joy and I I I could not believe it like words really can describe that feeling of elation at that point and so they left out I closed that door and the first thing I did was pray to the Lord and I just said Lord I thank you I thank you and so that was how so I knew then too that this place would be someplace special for me and that I was purposed to be here because no one else got that letter. I feel like God needed me to have that type of, um, of answer to the prayer for me to know, like, I had you, my child, and you've been right here all along. Because yeah. um, I thought I was going to another school. People know I love D.C. And mm-hmm. so I thought I was going to another program. I had kind of written off my program, to be honest. But now looking back, like, it was truly purpose for me to be at UMC. And and that was that was the day that I got my letter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can just tear <laughs> up a little bit right now, like, just hear that. Cause I really love, and I because I know how long, you know what I'm saying, like, this has taken and how but you wanted this and, and just to see that you're doing what it is that you want to do. And you know, that this is like you said, the right place for you. It wasn't what you probably planned for yourself, but again, you know, God is keeping you and he is bringing you to this place for a reason for sure. Um, there was five years in between graduating from um, undergrad in 2011 to when I started medical school in August of 2016. 
So, you know, those five years were a long ride, but, you know, I got there. (laughs) You got there. So did the whole five years of you, you know, being in school, did you always, like, were you still on that that OBGYN path or did you ever consider something else? Tell us about that. Let's jump back back over. (laughs) Yes, let's jump back over and tell us what that transition was and how you finally landed on OBGYN. Okay, <laughs> so um, going into medical school, um, I thought I wanted to be um, a neonatologist, which is like the baby, like the baby doctor that's in the um, NICU okay. with the six newborn babies. And um, by, by training, they are pediatricians. They you know, are pediatricians by training and they do like further training into neonatology. And so I had done a program when I was in college um, where I shadowed one. Didn't even know what it was, but when I shadowed, I really enjoyed the experience. So that's when I jumped on the neonatology train. So Mm -hmm. throughout college and even, I think in like one of my essays that I wrote for medical school, I talked about being a neonatologist. Like OBGYN was nowhere in the picture at that point. But um, in medical school, during your third year, you do um, rotations through um, each specialty where you can decide like which specialty you want to go into. And so I did my OBGYN um, rotation before I did my pediatric rotation. And when I did the um, OBGYN rotation and when I delivered my first baby, I just knew in my heart, I said, Lord, like, I can't see myself being anywhere else. I prayed about it. I said, I'm, keep a, I'm going to keep an open mind for when I get to the pediatric side. But it was just something about that first experience. And once I finished the rotation and just learned more about, like, what the specialty, um, you know, entails. And I've always been a big advocate for women's health and just um, learning about, you know, our reproductive system and other issues that, you know, women's health and what we have. Um, especially being a woman of color. Mm. Um, and so um, when I did my pediatric rotation, I was just like, mm, I really want to be with the kids or their parents. Right. So I was like, yeah. And I really like the surgical side of OBGYN. People don't know that it's, it's, it's a very surgical specialty too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I liked that I was able to, you know, have relationships with my patients. I knew I wanted to do something where I had that. Yeah. and I will be able to see patients in clinic. I'll be able to go to the OR and do surgery. So it's kind of like a, a mix of both worlds. And I, I honestly cannot see myself in anywhere else. Oh my I'm, God. I'm very, very happy to be joining the ranks with those before me. So it's, it's a great deal. That is so great. I was just like, oh my gosh. Can you imagine if you got placed in Dallas and you could deliver my baby and then... <laughs> I mean, I have four more years. I have four years of residency training. So after that, I could apply for a job anywhere. So hey, right. I may be on my radar at the time. <laughs> so you have this win and COVID happens. How, I, I remember you texting me about, you know, your graduation details and or about your tour of Italy. You know, yeah. you had plans and then COVID happened. How does that feel, not being able to celebrate your win due to COVID? Oh, it's a stab at the heart now. It's a stab at my heart. You know, I mentioned I'm a lover of traveling. So that was one thing. I'm glad you mentioned Italy. 
shit. Exactly. You already know me like, Lord. Hey, girl, hey. This podcast is sponsored by the Millennial Wives Club. We are a community of supportive women who just so happen to be millennial wives, hence the name. We are actually more than just wives. We are mothers, we are bosses, we are friends, we are leaders in our community, daughters, sisters, and so much more. Despite the name, the Millennial Wives Club, you do not have to be a wife to join the club, but you do have to aspire to be a wife. If you are a woman, who has a passion for connecting and supporting like-minded women, looking for a tribe to remind you that you are not alone, and don't mind going places with strangers who turn into sister friends, join us. Just go to the website, themillennialwivesclub.com slash join the club for more details on how to join your local chapter or how to start your own. All right, girl, we'll see you then. Now let's get back into the show. All right, we are back. Oh my gosh, Latia, this has been so much fun. And I just, I'm so thankful that you, you know, took time out of your schedule to come on here and talk to us about your journey as a woman in transition. And I wish you well with everything that you have going on. I know you are destined for nothing but greatness. And for the woman out there who is feeling like she wants to give up chasing her dream because of rejection, what advice do you have as a woman who was told no 17 times before she got her one yes? What advice do you have for the women out there who just feel like, I just just gotta do something else? Don't give up. Do not give up whatever the circumstance is right now you may not see it you you just can't give up and i will just encourage you to believe in yourself um and i know it's a simple you know saying that people say but it takes you it takes you truly believing in yourself and 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 knowing that this dream will happen i always tell people don't be a product of your environment um be a product of your imagination and i feel like as we grow older we, we we lose sight of those young dreams that we have so, so don't stop dreaming you're never too old you're never too young to stop dreaming that dream can still happen but it takes you believing in yourself so don't give up pray about it be about it hold your head high and it will come to pass i promise you it will come to pass i have lived it I know it to be true and it will happen for you. Oh, that was beautiful. I believe I believe it for you too. I believe it for you too, girl. Whoever's yes, listening. Yes, yes. It can happen. It will. It will. You're going to have those bumps in the road, but those are necessary. Just look at the bumps in the road and it, it will happen. It surely will. It will. You have to speak positive things into existence. You have to have a vision for your life of what it is that you want to do and just don't lose sight of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. So it will, it will come to pass. Keep dreaming, keep believing your transition from no to yes Yes. will come. Your yes is coming. I promise it is just don't stop believing. 
<laughs> yes. And on that note, guys, we'll see you again next time on the next episode. Bye. Well, all right, friends, that's all I got. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Women in Transition. I am your host, Tia Davidson. I hope you enjoyed the show. For show notes and submission of questions, please visit www.accordingtotia.com. But before you do that, can you do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast? And while you're there, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I would really appreciate your feedback and your support. And if you're not already following me at According to Tia or at the Millennial Wives Club, you are missing out. I'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Just step out of my comfort zone, I'm not afraid. See, I don't want to block what God has for me. Watching what I feed my mind, good energy. Good energy. And I let go the people that's no good for me. See, I'm fully, fully persuaded, persuaded that I can do this. Yep, I can make it. I'm an entrepreneur with integrity. I like nothing. I ain't no sense of jealousy. I ain't gotta Ain't nobody standing